Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. Faith only appropriates what God has already provided by grace. If grace hasn't provided it, your faith doesn't make God do anything. Once I learned that I already had everything that God was ever going to give me, everything just started coming into place. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Friday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. This is also the very last day that I'm going to be teaching on this subject of you've already got it. This is the end of my sixth week, and I have covered so much material. This is powerful. Again, I'd just like to encourage you, if you have not got these materials, please make an effort to get it today. I promise you, this would change your life. It'd change your life. I believe that with all of my heart. I've heard so many good testimonies, and I can tell you what this has done for me. So today's our last day to teach this on my television program, and I encourage you to please go to the efforts. You could call right now. We have that number on your screen. You can call and you could get these materials. It would be a blessing to you. So I've been teaching about, uh, man, I hadn't got time to go back through everything, but this week I've been talking about how you already have the faith of God. You don't have a faith problem. You got a knowledge problem. You don't know what you have. Philemon chapter 1, verse 6, the communication of your faith becomes effectual. That means it begins to work when you understand or acknowledge what you already have in Christ Jesus. Most people think that faith is out there, God is out there, and you can approach Him and pray, and maybe He'll touch you, maybe He won't. But I've been saying that God has already done it. If you're born again, you have the fullness of the Godhead in you bodily. You already have all the faith you need, but you've got to acknowledge it. You've got to believe it. You've got to learn how faith works. And what I've been dealing with the last couple of days is an instance from Matthew chapter 17 where a man brought his son who had some type of seizures and he brought them, he brought the son to the disciples and they tried to cast the demon out of this boy and they couldn't do it. Jesus wasn't pleased with their inability to do it. He's not pleased with our inability to meet the needs of people either. But finally, they brought the boy to Jesus. Jesus cast the demon out and when the disciples saw it, they said, why couldn't we cast him out? Because they did believe. They had cast demons out before. They had seen great miracles of healing. You can read about that in the 10th chapter of Matthew. They had seen it work. It's not like they weren't believers. They were believers and they had seen the power of God work through them, but this time they did everything that they had done other times and they didn't see it work. So they said, why didn't it work? And he told them, it's because of your unbelief. The NIV says it's because of your little faith, but that is absolutely not true because he goes on to say, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, that's talking about tiny, little bitty faith. You don't have to have big faith. The problem wasn't that they had little faith. The problem was that their faith was diluted or negated, counterbalanced by unbelief. Unbelief was the problem. Your unbelief is the problem. Why did they have unbelief? It, we read this over in Mark chapter 9, and I believe that when the boy came to Jesus, the scripture says in Mark 9, the same account, that he fell on the ground and wallowed and foamed at the mouth. And I believe that the disciples had faith. They spoke. The demons were responding. They manifested on their way out. This boy had a seizure. And when they saw something that was contrary to what they were believing, 
THEIR FAITH WAS THERE, BUT THEY ALSO HAD UNBELIEF. THEY WAVERED. JAMES CHAPTER 1, IF YOU WAVER, YOU DON'T RECEIVE ANYTHING OF THE LORD. A DOUBLE-MINDED MAN IS UNSTABLE IN ALL OF HIS WAYS. YOU GOT TO BE SINGLE-MINDED AND YOU CAN'T BE MOVED BY WHAT YOU SEE. AND SO THESE DISCIPLES WERE MOVED BY THIS. IT WAS UNBELIEF THAT WAS THE PROBLEM. MOST PEOPLE, YOU KNOW, IF YOU COULD IMAGINE RIGHT NOW TWO, uh, LIKE, THERMOMETERS, THESE THERMOMETERS, YOU KNOW, THAT uh, GAUGE THE TEMPERATURE AND STUFF, BUT LET'S SAY THAT ONE OF THEM MEASURED FAITH AND THE OTHER ONE MEASURED UNBELIEF. MOST PEOPLE ONLY FOCUS ON FAITH, AND IF THEY PRAY FOR SOMETHING AND DON'T SEE IT COME TO PASS, THEY THINK WHAT THEY GOT TO DO IS BUILD MORE FAITH. THEY WILL CALL THE PRAYER CHAIN AND GET MULTIPLE PEOPLE TO AGREE, AND THEY'LL POOL ALL of THEIR FAITH TOGETHER, AND THEY JUST THINK, I NEED MORE FAITH. I BELIEVE A DIFFERENT WAY OF APPROACHING THIS IS JUST DEAL WITH THE UNBELIEF. IF YOU PULL THE PLUG ON UNBELIEF, AND IF YOU DRAIN YOUR UNBELIEF DOWN TO WHERE YOU DON'T HAVE ANY THOUGHTS, ANY FEELINGS CONTRARY TO WHAT YOU'RE BELIEVING FOR, WELL, THEN IF, if UNBELIEF IS DOWN TO ZERO, A LITTLE TINY MUSTARD SEED AMOUNT OVER HERE IS MORE THAN ENOUGH TO GET THINGS DONE. BUT MOST PEOPLE DON'T DEAL WITH UNBELIEF. THEY WILL GO AND THEY'LL TRY AND GET PEOPLE TO PRAY FOR THEM. THEY'LL SPEND TIME IN PRAYER. THEY'LL FAST AND PRAY, BUT THEY DON'T CUT OFF THE UNBELIEF. THEY ALLOW UNBELIEF. THEY PAY HUNDREDS AND HUNDREDS OF DOLLARS A MONTH TO GET UNBELIEF PLUGGED INTO THEIR HOME, BROADCAST IN THEIR HOME, AND THEY LISTEN TO PEOPLE THAT SAY ALL OF THIS STUFF. I KNOW THERE'S PEOPLE THAT THINK THAT I'M WEIRD FOR BELIEVING THIS, BUT I THINK YOU'RE WEIRD FOR LETTING PEOPLE JUST SPEAK INTO YOUR LIFE THAT, YOU KNOW, IF YOU'VE GOT THIS SICKNESS, WELL, THEN uh, YOU'VE GOT TO HAVE THIS MEDICINE. AND THEY DON'T TELL YOU THAT, NO, JESUS CAN HEAL YOU, BUT IF YOU DON'T uh, RECEIVE IT SUPERNATURALLY THROUGH JESUS, THEN MAYBE YOU COULD TRY THIS MEDICINE. NO, THEY DON'T EVER PRESENT IT THAT WAY. THEY JUST LINK YOUR HEALING TO THEIR PRODUCT AND YOU KNOW WHAT THAT'LL DO? THAT'LL PRODUCE UNBELIEF IN YOU. AND WHEN YOU BEGIN TO HAVE THE SAME SYMPTOMS THAT THEY TALKED ABOUT, IMMEDIATELY YOU'RE GOING TO THINK, I NEED THIS PRODUCT. I DON'T NEED JESUS. YOU MAY EVEN PRAY AND ASK JESUS, BUT IF YOU DON'T SEE SOMETHING HAPPEN, IMMEDIATELY YOU'LL START THINKING ABOUT GOING THIS OTHER WAY AND GETTING IT THROUGH SOME OTHER MEANS. THAT'S UNBELIEF. YOU'VE GOT TO STAND AGAINST THAT. SO THESE DISCIPLES, I BELIEVE, SAW A PHYSICAL MANIFESTATION THAT WAS CONTRARY TO WHAT THEY WERE PRAYING FOR. AND IT WASN'T THE FACT THAT THEY DIDN'T HAVE FAITH. IT WAS THE FACT THAT THAT FAITH WAS NEGATED BY THE UNBELIEF, THEIR FEAR OF WHAT THEY SAW. AND LOOK AT THIS NEXT VERSE, THIS 21ST VERSE. THIS IS THE ONE THAT'S NOT EVEN IN THE NIV BIBLE. THEY JUST CHOSE TO LEAVE THE 21ST VERSE OUT. I THINK THAT'S... MAN, THAT'S IRRESPONSIBLE. THIS IS POWERFUL. IN VERSE 21, HE SAYS, HOW BE IT, THIS KIND GOETH NOT OUT BUT BY PRAYER AND FASTING. NOW, THIS HAS BEEN MISINTERPRETED, AND SOME PEOPLE THINK THAT THERE ARE CERTAIN DEMONS THAT ARE SO STRONG THAT THE NAME OF JESUS AND FAITH IN THE NAME OF JESUS WON'T GET IT. YOU'VE ALSO GOT TO ADD TO IT PRAYER AND FASTING. THAT'S NOT WHAT THIS IS SAYING. THE SUBJECT OF THE SENTENCE IS THAT THE REASON THEY COULDN'T CAST THIS DEMON OUT WAS UNBELIEF. AND HE SAYS, AND THIS KIND OF UNBELIEF GOETH NOT OUT, BUT BY PRAYER AND FASTING. IT'S NOT CERTAIN DEMONS. IF YOU EVER MEET A DEMON, IF YOU EVER ENCOUNTER ANY DEMONIC POWER THAT WON'T RESPOND TO THE NAME OF JESUS AND FAITH IN HIS NAME, WELL, THEN YOUR PRAYER AND FASTING IS NOT GOING TO MAKE A DIFFERENCE EITHER. THERE IS NO DEMON THAT THE NAME OF JESUS AND FAITH IN HIS NAME ISN'T SUFFICIENT TO GET WHATEVER YOU NEED. THAT IS TOTALLY WRONG DOCTRINE. THIS ISN'T TALKING ABOUT THE DEMONS GO OUT THROUGH MUCH PRAYER AND FASTING. IT'S TALKING ABOUT THIS KIND OF UNBELIEF. SO RIGHT THERE, THAT STATES THAT THERE ARE DIFFERENT KINDS 
of unbelief. And this is just andeology. And for time's sake, I've got just a short period of time. This is my last day to be teaching on it. You can get more detail by getting the book or the teachings on DVD or CD. But just for time's sake, let me put it into three categories of unbelief. One is uh, ignorance. Or most people aren't as blunt as I am, and they'll say, well, it's lack of knowledge. They make it more politically correct. But whether you call it lack of knowledge or you're just ignorant, if you don't know the truth, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And if you don't know the truth, if you don't know what the Word of God says, well, then you're just going to naturally fear and have unbelief because you don't know the truth. And in the lack of you knowing the truth, then there's going to be fear and doubt that it'll come to pass. No, you've got to hear the truth. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. You've got to hear the truth that God wants you delivered and set free before you can operate in it. So the second type of unbelief is where you... It's not that you're ignorant, you don't know what the Word says, but instead you've been taught the wrong thing. You know, it's similar to like if you were to ride on a blackboard. And if you had nothing on the blackboard, well, then it would be easy to counter that. You just write the proper thing on there and the truth sets them free. But the second type of unbelief is like you have stuff written on the blackboard. It's all the wrong stuff telling you that, no, God doesn't do miracles today. If you see anything contrary to what you believe, then it means it didn't work. And if you already have these things written on your blackboard or written on your heart, before you can counter that and put the right thing in, you've got to erase that and then write the proper thing in there. And so see, that second type of unbelief where it's not ignorance, but rather you've been taught the wrong thing. You've been taught only to believe what you see. You don't believe that there's a spiritual realm. You, you've been taught that God doesn't do miracles today. You've been taught that God won't answer your prayer because you've done something wrong. You aren't holy enough. If you've got any of this wrong teaching there, you've got to, in a sense, erase that and counter that junk before you can overcome the unbelief that comes from wrong teaching. So those first two types of unbelief, the answer for it is basically the same thing. You, you tell a person the truth, whether you write on there for the first time or whether you have to counter their unbelief and then tell them the truth. The answer is you just show a person the truth in the Word of God and they're set free. But then there's a third type of unbelief, and I believe that that's what these disciples were dealing with. And that's just that your senses tell you things. If you pray for a pain to leave your body and then you say, in the name of Jesus, amen, well, instantly, your senses, your feelings are going to be telling you that that pain is still there or it's gone or whatever. But if it's still there, your senses will be telling you, well, the pain is still there. You aren't healed. I could spend a lot of time on this, but let me just say that sometimes, you know, you lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Sometimes it's not instantaneous. When Jesus spoke to the fig tree in Mark chapter 11, it died instantly, but in the roots... It was below the surface. You couldn't see it. You couldn't feel it. And it was the next day before it manifest. So sometimes when you pray, you don't feel instantly the pain leaving, but you are healed instantly and your body just recovers. It takes a period of time. And if you aren't aware of all of this truth and stuff, well, then if you pray and you still feel any pain in your body, if you can still see a lump, a tumor, if you go to the doctor and he still verifies that your blood sugar is bad or whatever, those things can call what I call natural unbelief. 
It's not because you've been, you're ignorant. It's not because you've been taught the wrong thing. You could be believing the right thing, but you just see things that are different, contrary to what you're believing, and you're naturally going to have some thoughts of unbelief. You're going to say, pain in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave. And then if that pain is still there, you're naturally going to think, well, nothing happened. How do you deal with this natural unbelief that doesn't come from wrong teaching or ignorance? It's just that what you're seeing doesn't match what you're believing. How do you deal with that? That's what Jesus is talking about. He said, how be it this kind, this kind of unbelief only goes out through prayer and fasting. Here's why prayer and fasting will affect what I'm calling natural unbelief, just your senses telling you something contrary to what you believe. Here's why prayer and fasting deals with that, because when you pray, you are talking to a God that you can't see. And if you're praying correctly, you will also be in communion with God and you'll be hearing from a God that you can't hear. And you'll get revelation of things that you can't see. And if you do this over a prolonged period of time, what will happen is your five senses, what you can see, taste, hear, smell, and feel, will begin to learn that, hey, there's more than just this physical realm. He was talking to someone that I couldn't see or feel or hear, and yet he heard from them, he acted on it, and it worked. This works. That shows me that there's more than just this physical realm. And so by reason of use, Hebrews says that strong meat belongs to those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You can exercise your five senses that there's more than just this physical realm, that there's an unseen realm, and there's a God in the unseen realm who moves in the unseen realm. And it may take a brief period of time between when He moves and when you see it or feel it, but you can train your senses that, oh, this is that sixth sense of faith, that He's operating in faith, and your senses will quiet down, and they won't sit there and minister all this unbelief to you. They'll say, oh, well, this is one of those things like we've experienced before. It's in the works. It's in the spiritual realm. It's coming. And you can actually calm your senses down because you've spent time in prayer praying to and hearing from a God that you can't see or hear. And fasting, see, does the same thing. Uh, there's a lot of misunderstanding about fasting. People think that, you know, God is for whatever reason not prone to move in your behalf, but if you will fast and begin to abuse yourself right as you're about to pass out because you're so hungry, even this God who isn't compassionate the way they're thinking, uh, even He will be moved out of pity and before you pass out, He will grant you your answer. And so prayer and fasting somehow or another like twists God's arm and makes Him move. That's what a lot of people think. But a godly fast, it doesn't even affect God. Fasting doesn't move God. It doesn't have anything to do with making God love you more or less or move in your life. But what fasting does, it affects you. If you are controlled by your five senses, what you can see, taste, hear, smell, and feel, when you go to denying these senses, when you go to resisting them, you can subdue them. Like that scripture in Hebrews says, you with, with uh, reason of use, you can exercise your senses to discern both good and evil. 
SO HERE'S WHAT'S HAPPENING. YOU GO ON A FAST AND YOU SAY, I'VE BEEN CONTROLLED BY MY FLESH. I'M CONTROLLED BY WHAT I SEE AND TASTE AND HEAR AND SMELL AND FEEL TOO MUCH. SO I'M GOING TO START BEING CONTROLLED BY GOD'S WORD. MAN DOESN'T LIVE BY BREAD ALONE, BUT BY EVERY WORD THAT PROCEEDS OUT OF THE MOUTH OF GOD. SO I'M GOING TO DENY MY FLESH, MY SENSES, AND I AM GOING TO TUNE MY HEART. I'M GOING TO LET MY SPIRIT BEGIN TO START HAVING PREEMINENCE IN MY LIFE. IF YOU DO THAT, I CAN GUARANTEE YOU, YOUR SENSE OF APPETITE, YOUR DESIRE TO EAT IS ONE OF THE STRONGEST EMOTION SENSES THAT YOU HAVE. AND IF YOU GO TO A DENYING, I GUARANTEE YOU, BY NOON THE FIRST DAY, YOU ARE GOING TO BE HAVING A REBELLION ON YOUR HANDS. YOUR FLESH IS GOING TO BE SAYING, FEED ME, FEED ME. AND uh, IT'LL TELL YOU THAT YOU'RE GOING TO, I'M GOING TO DIE. I'M GOING TO, YOU KNOW, I CAN'T MAKE IT TILL SUPPER. THE TRUTH IS, YOU DON'T DIE IN 24 HOURS OF NOT EATING. IT TAKES 40 DAYS GOING WITHOUT FOOD, SOMEWHERE AROUND THREE DAYS WITHOUT WATER BEFORE YOU BEGIN TO FEEL EFFECTS, AND SEVEN TO TEN DAYS, YOU'RE DEAD WITHOUT WATER. BUT YOU DON'T DIE WITHIN 24 HOURS. IT'S ACTUALLY GOOD FOR YOU TO GO ON A FAST AND PURGE YOUR BODY OF ALL THESE KIND OF THINGS. BUT YOUR BODY WILL MAKE YOU THINK, you're, IF YOU HAVE BEEN A PERSON WHO'S CONTROLLED BY YOUR APPETITE, THEN I GUARANTEE YOU, YOUR BODY WILL GO TO rebelling. AND IF YOU SAY, NO, I'M NOT GOING TO LIVE BY BREAD ALONE, BUT BY EVERY WORD THAT PROCEEDS OUT OF THE MOUTH OF GOD, YOUR BODY WILL REBEL. IT'LL SAY, BY NOON, I, BY SUPPER, I'LL BE DEAD FOR SURE. AND YOU JUST BASICALLY TELL YOUR BODY, LOOK, IF YOU DON'T QUIT COMPLAINING, I'M GOING TO EXTEND IT TO TWO DAYS. AND YOUR BODY WILL SAY, TWO DAYS, I'LL NEVER MAKE IT TWO DAYS. AND YOU SAY, THREE DAYS, AND YOUR BODY REALIZES THAT IF IT'S GOING TO SURVIVE THIS THING, IT BETTER SHUT UP. IT BETTER QUIT COMPLAINING. IT WILL SUBMIT. AND YOU'LL FIND OUT THAT AFTER YOU'VE FASTED FOR A DAY OR TWO, AND AFTER YOU BREAK THE INITIAL DOMINION OF THAT FLESH, THAT HUNGER OVER YOU, YOU'LL FEEL LIKE YOU COULD GO A LONG TIME WITHOUT EATING. I, I THINK THE LONGEST I'VE EVER FASTED IS 10 DAYS. BUT AFTER A DAY OR TWO, YOU JUST GET TO WHERE HUNGER'S NOT EVEN A a PROBLEM ANYMORE. AND IT DOESN'T CHANGE GOD. WHAT IT DOES IS AFFECT YOUR FLESH. THE PART OF YOU THAT IF YOU PRAY FOR SOMETHING AND SEE SOMETHING DIFFERENT IS GOING TO NATURALLY JUST BEGIN TO TELL YOU, NO, IT DIDN'T WORK, AND YOU WILL START HAVING THIS NATURAL UNBELIEF COMING AGAINST YOU. WHEN YOU GO ON A FAST, YOU BREAK THAT DOMINION. YOU TEACH YOUR BODY THAT THERE IS MORE TO IT THAN JUST THESE FIVE SENSES, AND YOU'VE TRAINED YOUR BODY THROUGH REASON OF USE. IT HAS TO BE DONE MORE THAN ONCE. THROUGH REASON OF USE, YOU CAN TRAIN YOUR BODY THAT THERE IS REALITY THAT IS BEYOND MY ABILITY TO PERCEIVE BY JUST WHAT I SEE, TASTE, HEAR, SMELL, AND FEEL. AND THEN WHEN YOU PRAY FOR SOMETHING LIKE THESE DISCIPLES OR LIKE JESUS DID, AND THEY BRING THIS BOY AND THE DEMONS MANIFEST AND HE FOAMS AT THE MOUTH, JESUS HAS ALREADY TRAINED HIMSELF. His, HIS FLESH, HIS SENSES WERE UNDER HIS CONTROL. THEY WEREN'T CONTROLLING HIM. AND WHEN HE SAW SOMETHING THAT DIDN'T MATCH WHAT HE SAID, HE WASN'T MOVED WITH UNBELIEF BECAUSE HIS SENSES WERE UNDER CONTROL. THIS NATURAL FORM OF UNBELIEF WAS DEALT WITH THROUGH PRAYER AND FASTING. BUT YOU KNOW, IF EVERY TIME YOUR BODY WANTS FOOD, YOU JUST FEED IT. I MEAN, YOU'RE 20, 50, 100 POUNDS OVERWEIGHT, AND THEN YOU SAY, BODY, IN THE NAME OF JESUS, YOU'RE HEALED. PAIN, I COMMAND YOU TO GO IN JESUS' NAME. AND THEN YOU, AFTER YOU SAY AMEN, YOUR BODY STILL TELLS YOU IT HURTS, YOU'RE GOING TO HAVE A HARD TIME SAYING, WELL, LOOK, BODY, THIS IS NOT, WE AREN'T GOING BY WHAT WE FEEL. 
WE'RE GOING BY WHAT THE WORD OF GOD SAYS. WE'RE GOING BY WHAT I BELIEVE. YOUR BODY WILL RESPOND AND SAY, SINCE WHEN DID WE GO BY ANYTHING BUT WHAT I FEEL? I TELL YOU WHEN TO EAT, HOW MUCH TO EAT. YOU HADN'T TOLD ME WHAT TO DO IN DECADES. YOU'RE 20, 50, 100 POUNDS OVERWEIGHT. YOU DON'T CONTROL ME. I CONTROL YOU. AND IF YOU HAVEN'T PRAYED AND FASTED, WELL, THEN YOU WILL BE JUST INEFFECTIVE AT DEALING WITH THIS NATURAL FORM OF UNBELIEF THAT COMES THROUGH YOUR FIVE SENSES. IF YOU DON'T DENY YOUR FIVE SENSES AND SPEND TIME PRAYING TO A GOD THAT YOU CAN'T SEE, HEARING FROM A GOD THAT YOU CAN'T HEAR, DENYING YOUR FLESH AND THIS APPETITE, AND IF YOU DON'T SPEND TIME BRINGING YOUR BODY UNDER SUBJECTION, WELL, I CAN GUARANTEE YOU THERE'S GOING TO BE TIMES THAT SOMETHING HAPPENS THAT IS CONTRARY TO WHAT YOU'VE BELIEVED AND THIS NATURAL UNBELIEF WILL JUST DOMINATE YOU BECAUSE YOU HAVE NOT DISCIPLINED YOURSELF. SO THIS IS SAYING THAT THE REASON THESE DISCIPLES DIDN'T SEE THE DEMON CAST OUT WASN'T BECAUSE THEY DIDN'T BELIEVE. THEY DID BELIEVE. THAT'S THE REASON THEY TRIED TO CAST IT OUT. THEY HAD FAITH, BUT WHEN THEY SAW SOMETHING CONTRARY TO WHAT THEY BELIEVED, THAT MINISTERED UNBELIEF, AND THE UNBELIEF NEGATED THEIR FAITH, DILUTED THEIR FAITH, AND MADE IT SO IT WAS INEFFECTIVE. AND WHAT'S THE ANSWER TO THAT? YOU ARE GOING TO HAVE TO SPEND SO MUCH TIME WITH THE LORD IN PRAYER AND FASTING THAT YOU HAVE DISCIPLINED YOUR FLESH, YOUR BODY, YOUR EMOTIONS, THAT EVEN WHEN YOU SEE OR FEEL SOMETHING DIFFERENT THAN WHAT YOU ARE BELIEVING FOR, YOU ARE MORE MOVED BY WHAT YOU BELIEVE THAN WHAT YOUR FIVE SENSES TELL YOU. AND THAT'S NOT GOING TO HAPPEN AUTOMATICALLY, AND IT'S NOT GOING TO HAPPEN EASILY. YOU ARE GOING TO HAVE TO, THROUGH REASON OF USE, EXERCISE YOURSELF. THAT'S WHAT IT SAYS IN HEBREWS. YOU HAVE TO EXERCISE YOUR SENSES TO DISCERN BOTH GOOD AND EVIL. DID YOU KNOW EXERCISE ISN'T SOMETHING YOU JUST DO ONE TIME? AND IT'S NOT SOMETHING THAT YOU DO IN SPURTS. YOU DON'T JUST EXERCISE A WHOLE MONTH'S WORTH IN ONE DAY. THAT'LL ACTUALLY DO DAMAGE TO YOU. YOU HAVE TO EXERCISE PERIODICALLY. I WAS TOLD ONE TIME THAT YOU HAVE TO EXERCISE THREE DAYS A WEEK TO MAINTAIN YOUR CONDITIONING AND FOUR DAYS A WEEK TO INCREASE YOUR CONDITIONING. AND IT CAN'T ALL BE DONE IN ONE DAY. IF YOU GO, SAY, 15 MILES A WEEK RUNNING OR WALKING, YOU CAN'T JUST WALK 15 MILES IN ONE DAY. IT WOULD BE BETTER TO HAVE FIVE DAYS OF WALKING THREE DAYS uh, THAN TO DO 15 ALL AT ONE TIME. EXERCISE HAS TO BE CONSISTENT. IT HAS TO BE REPETITIVE. IT HAS TO BE OVER A PERIOD OF TIME. IT CAN'T BE DONE ALL AT ONE TIME. AND SO IF YOU'RE GOING TO EXERCISE YOUR SENSES THROUGH FASTING AND PRAYER, IT NEEDS TO BE CONSISTENT PRAYER. IT NEEDS TO BE CONSISTENT FASTING, DENYING OF YOURSELF. AND IF YOU DO THAT, THEN YOU'LL REACH A PLACE TO WHERE WHEN YOU BELIEVE FOR SOMETHING AND YOU DON'T IMMEDIATELY SEE IT OR FEEL IT OR HEAR IT, IT WON'T MOVE YOU. YOU'VE OVERCOME THIS NATURAL TYPE OF UNBELIEF BECAUSE YOU'VE EXERCISED YOURSELF IN THIS AREA. BOY, THIS IS POWERFUL. I TELL YOU, I'VE ANSWERED A LOT OF QUESTIONS FOR PEOPLE. I KNOW THERE ARE QUESTIONS THAT I HAD, AND GOD HAS ANSWERED THEM FOR ME, AND IT'S MADE A HUGE DIFFERENCE IN MY LIFE, AND I KNOW THAT THIS WILL HELP YOU. LET ME REMIND YOU THAT TODAY'S MY LAST DAY TO MAKE THIS TEACHING ON YOU'VE ALREADY GOT IT AVAILABLE. I'VE GOT THIS BOOK IN ENGLISH AND IN SPANISH, AND THEN I HAVE THESE STUDY GUIDES THAT ARE THE SAME MATERIAL THAT'S IN THE BOOK, BUT IT'S REFORMATTED SO THAT YOU CAN TEACH OTHERS. THERE'S A PLACE THAT YOU CAN GO ON OUR WEBSITE AND ACTUALLY PRINT OUT ALL OF THE QUESTIONS. IT'S SPECIFICALLY MADE SO THAT YOU CAN DISCIPLE OTHER PEOPLE. AND THEN WE HAVE DVDs THAT WERE TAKEN FROM MY TELEVISION PROGRAM, AND I HAVE CDs. TODAY'S MY LAST DAY TO OFFER THIS, BUT MAN, I COULD JUST GO ON AND ON SAYING, 
things that would help you to understand this. I encourage you to get the material and study it deeper than what I've been able to do here on television. I believe it'd help you. So listen to our announcer. Please call or write today. Andrew's complete teaching titled, You've Already Got It, is available in a CD or DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. It's also available in a book and study guide in English or Spanish. Each of these products is available for a gift of any amount. Or you can get them in the You've Already Got It package. This package includes the book, the study guide, and your choice of either the CD or DVD album. This package has a catalog value of $90, but you can get it today for only $60. Andrew's book, You've Already Got It, is available for a gift of any amount when you write or call. And we encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide this book to you free of charge. This is the last day we'll be offering this teaching, so be sure to respond today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. I'd like to invite you to join with me through World Outreach. This is what we call all of our ministry outside of Colorado Springs here in our Bible college. We are reaching out all around the world, and one of the ways we do this is through translations. And we now have my discipleship evangelism translated into 31 languages with more coming online, and this just costs a lot of money to do. We recently took my animated or illustrated spirit, soul, and body teaching and put in into uh, Chinese. And there's just so much more to do, but it costs money. We would like to ask you to become a part of it. Help us get the Word of God out through these translations. Welcome to the AWM Minute, a quick look at how the friends and partners of Andrew Womack Ministries are equipping Karis Bible College students around the world with the truth of the gospel. Students like Ruth Levi from England. Formerly a Sikh Hindu, Ruth began suffering from demonic torment so severe that she was about to commit suicide. Instead, she called out to Jesus and was instantly set free. Eager to learn more about her Savior, Ruth was then introduced to Karis Walsall not through a friend or advertisement, but through what can only be described as an angel. She said that when you go to Caris Bible College, the whole ministry, everyone involved in the ministry are there by divine appointment. And the teaching that I'll receive is what was intended by God to be preached all over the world. To check out Ruth's full grace encounter, visit awmi.net today. We've got a feature on Gospel Truth TV, and that is the on-demand feature. And that's where if you aren't watching at the time your favorite program comes on, you can go back and get whatever you want to see on demand. It's a great new feature. Check it out at gospeltruth.tv.
Join us again next week on The Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack. You know, January marks the 47th anniversary of the Roe versus Wade decision, and there have been over 60 million children aborted. And so in remembrance of that, we are interviewing Kristen Hawkins, who is the head of Students for Life. She's making a profound impact on the college-age students about this issue, and things are changing and turning around among our millennials. And we also have Melissa Oden with us, who actually survived an abortion that her grandmother performed on her mother. Her mother thought that she was dead, and yet Melissa has survived this. I tell you, it's going to be a powerful week, so join us for our Roe versus Wade anniversary programs. That's next week on The Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack. 